Blog Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to the Neil and Christina for Psychic Hour. It's April, April 1st. Can't believe how fast the year has passed by. Yeah. Soon, soon we'll be dead. Well. Hopefully. As you get older, uh, time goes by faster. You know, when you're a kid, two weeks. Oh, God. It seems like. A month or a summer vacation like is a, like forever. Days. An eternity, yeah. A whole different story. I don't know why time seems to go. Uh, it, go I mean, it, it, pass the more quickly. Is the same in terms of the way it revolves around the sun, but uh, it's it's strange the way the the mind works. I think as we get older, we start to conquer time, meaning time doesn't so much overwhelm us. And so, as our lives shorten, so as our lives shorten, so do the days. And that's why we watch uh, days of our lives <laughs> every day and find that a half hour feels like ten minutes. Well, I think I think too. Children obviously don't have the same kind of responsibility that that adults do, and so being busy. Uh, with with all the different aspects of life makes time go by more quickly, you know. As whereas being a child, you know, you have more of a single focus, which is going to school. I mean, singular focus, going to school, maybe playing with your friends. I guess it's not totally singular, but I mean, there's less diversity in terms of what is going on in a child's life compared to an adult. So time goes slower. I remember feeling like, you know. Two weeks till Christmas was eons. Well, it's, 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 it is a bewildering uh, thought, but it certainly it is. Has, you know, our, there's a general theory, not for all people, but as we age, our brains start to shrink, or they, I mean, there are people who remain actively intellectually stimulated and alive throughout their whole lives, but. For the vast majority of human beings, our brains tend to shrink in certain areas as we age. Well, can I? I'm sorry to interject. Yes, that's true. But volume loss can happen uh, across the whole brain, which is typical of aging. If there's volume loss in specific areas, that's when there's more uh, concern about things like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. So widespread volume loss is more Typical of just normal aging yeah. versus a, but, a but brain disease. Speaking, um, 
in general, our brains tend to shrink. Dementia is not as common to children or young people. Uh, we start, uh, things start to close up in the biological, anatomical sense of the word, physiologically speaking, and things tend to close up and shorten. You have one bad joke? <laughs> no, I have uh, several. several. But, uh, uh, you should still, talk. Well, you should talk. Well, we're still in a race about that. But the, uh, but the idea that, um, and we on our bodies tend to, you know, we lose, we lose our height. We height. Lose yeah, to, that's uh, true. Two inches. However, I grew in my 20s. I grew. Well, yeah, but wait till But you. I know, I know. You as do we get height. older. Now, as we get older. I know so. that. No, I know. So, I know. Uh, things start to shorten in, in, in both <laughs> our bodies, our minds, <laughs> and perhaps the way that we see the days and years. And it's just withering. But, you know, even flowers start to shrivel up as they get older. But, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of energy... Um, even as psychics, we rarely get people who are seeking psychic readings uh, above the age of 80. I've done people 95 and older, but I mean, I can hold it. I can count them on my fingers. When we get up into our 80s, 85, 90, well, I mean, generally some people, people may be concerned about their spirituality or, or well. Or some people have a spiritual question because they're close to death and maybe not close to death necessarily, but nearer death, um, and yeah. want to have some, you know, esoteric concerns. It, it might be, and there are young people that have questions about existence and life, and yeah. there are old souls and young bodies and things like that. We we know those things, but generally speaking, uh, time time itself is constant, but our conception of time is not. Our conception of time is subjective. Time itself is objective. Um, people who are about the daily savings time may question about time itself. That, it doesn't change the idea that, yeah, we have certain seasons that last a certain amount of time. And, but generally speaking, time is objective. Yes. Well, when Time we, is objective. Are, you know, it's, we're, we're not, the question on the newspaper is not, well, we have 368 days a year. Well, that, though, though I have to point out that someone, there was, you know, discussion, heated discussion about daylight savings I was reading. Um, and someone said, oh, well, you know, when, when, when you spring forward, there are 23 hours in the day. Yeah, well, some people <laughs> need to go back to school. But the idea that our conception of time may be induced by the way our brain operates. Now, our brain, no matter what, in our world of thinking, our brain is totally connected to our soul. So the idea of the soul, the soul's conception of time is different than the body's conception of time. The soul's conception of time may have may have similar questions and positions to ask of life and existence as much as the body and the brain does. But our soul is the big container. It's, it's the big sleep. It's the big container of all of our collective memories from our past lives, 
The soul knows exactly when we die. The soul knows why we're here. The soul knows what we're supposed to do. The soul even has an understanding of the astral realm and the immediacy of what is the content of the astral realm aside from the worldly planet. Now, that soul is in our body. It's sleeping, if you will. It wakes up at times. Some people have a plug-in, so they speak to the matters of their soul constantly, and they have an acute awareness. Others are prone to not hear the soul speak at all, or they just assume there's a soul, and so they use prayer according to their belief system. But the soul is there. In our world, the soul is there, and so is the spirit, two different entities. Spirit, totally devoid of anything earthly. Soul, being connected to spirit, still has earthly concerns about the energy and the autonomy of the earthly world, how it works, what's going to happen, where you've been, where you're going, that kind of thing. So when we get into the concept of time itself, you know, the great physicists and astronomers will use time in terms of the universe. You know, when did the Big Bang? How did we, why are we here? Theseus, uh, Theseus, Theseus, the people who believe in God, as opposed to atheists, uh, have a concept of the universe beyond the dimensions of the solar system or the farther reaches of space and time. But this concept of time is still significant in terms of how we view our collective past lives, who we really are, and why are we on this individual mission as opposed to the collective missions we've been on throughout the lifetimes. And that's where the idea of uh, time takes place. So within our body, what do we have? We have Immediate time, our lifetime, the day we're born to the day we die, and then the soul holds the collective amount of time that we have been on the planet and even in between visits in the asteroid. So we're a confusing package of some sort. But nonetheless, uh, it opens up a discussion that you brought, Kristen, about uh, time itself. How things did I bring? Shortened. Was I the one who brought it up? Yeah. Did I? I mean, you, I didn't even remember. It's the dementia. Yeah. Yeah. It kicks in. It does. And, um, it does. And then you know, uh, we've been dealing recently with the reptilian brain. Maybe it's a concept. Maybe it's a fairy tale, or maybe it's for real. But the parts of the brain, our brain is developed in such a way that it does hold. The brain is a whole landscape. It's a region. Any neurologist will tell you that. Neurologist. Uh, that the brain has certain compartments, and each one has its own division. And fortunately, they all work together under the ideal situation of, of the brain's functions. And everything, no pun intended, has a certain coordination. Right, it does. But if the brain is damaged in any certain capacity, any particular capacity, rather, um, other parts of the brain can compensate for the damaged part. So even areas of the brain that normally wouldn't be involved in certain types of functions can, can in 
in the event of an injured cells or damaged tissue or whatever it may be can can start to uh, assist and and compensate for those damaged areas even though not normally involved in yeah those specific now when we get into the, the brain the physicality of the brain the functions of the brain slash the astral aspects of the brain the pituitary gland and whatnot we get into the idea of what is a major conflict. Now, think of Bruce, Bruce Willis, who has aphasia. aphasia. And the report is now coming out with concurrent uh, reports about what that disease is, but now it's been become popularized because the major movie store has it, but it's been there, which tends to mean that as the person moves deeper and deeper into this disease, they lose the ability to communicate both vocally and even penman-wise. In a written capacity. They understand, they can hear, and so virtually they're trapped inside their body, but and they, they still have their mental capacity there, but their ability, get this, their ability to speak is gone. They can't make any sense. They can't write it out. Like like their death, they can't write it out. But they can and like they read, right? Well, they can't really comprehend. Read, they so can't they can't comprehend. Directions. Oh boy! They they start to lose their sense of intellectual grounding. Question. Is, well, it's somewhat confusing because their their intellectual matters are so intact, but when they receive information, they they tend to it becomes dissembled. Disassembled. By, but, disassembled but, by the arrangement of, of rational thinking. I have a question because I, I understood my understanding of it and I haven't really researched it at all except for seeing a few articles about his diagnosis. And So aphasia, you're not able to communicate. You start to lose your ability to communicate verbally and in written form. But my understanding was your brain still understands and comprehends. But is that not true? What because I didn't because you can't really, you, you can hear it and you can comprehend, but you really, it, it, you're, you really, no one, you can't, it, it, you can't understand direction. You'll miss, you'll, you'll scramble up a direction and can't take direction. You you'll forget things. You can't, you can't assume that a, a certain item has a certain name. So I, you know, we're not. Neurologists, so we can't. We're not, we're not equipped to really define this, except our psychic interpretation of what little we know about the treatment itself. Well, it's very sad. Itself. I mean, it's it progressive. Can be very. It's I mean, progressive. I imagine it's frightening to be unable to communicate. Effect. I mean, how? 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 I mean, how? How then do you communicate to your caretakers about your needs, you know, your basic needs? You I mean, it's frightening. Because you cannot use symbols. Your ability to use symbols deteriorates. So you can't use sign language. You can't use music. You can't do anything. Wow. To afford, to, uh, you can't do Morse code. Your ability to communicate is shot. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. I feel so, so um, I mean, it's terrible. So, but, I mean, he's got it, but there's uh, hundreds of people. Who have well, of course, but it's bring, so you know, when a celebrity, no, no, but, but brings awareness to, to a condition that probably yeah, most people don't aware. have 
awareness of. Right. But so interesting about Bruce Willis, about Bruce Willis. So upon hearing about his diagnosis, I looked up his birth date and we were talking about his birth date um, together, Neil, you and I. He's born 319.55, and so he just turned 67 years old. However, this diagnosis did not likely happen in the last two weeks, and probably he's been suffering from the effects of this uh, brain condition for some period of time, and I'm assuming the diagnosis was made within the last year at some point and then he went public with it and the really interesting thing is he's um he's a 33 equals six his karmic number is 33 his master number six and in fact he just um he just completed the um second cycle of his karmic number at 66 33 times two so it's no surprise that I mean it's it's I mean it's a surprise that there's a diagnosis, but the, the fact that something extremely significant has happened, the doubling of this karmic number, um, is not surprising. It's un, really unfortunate. Well, so if yeah. anyone who suffers from I mean, this, that, you know, according to our before. element of theory of numerology, we've got some very very uh, unfortunate parts of his number system. The, 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 I mean, he's got a 19, he's got an 11, and this 1955, obviously. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that there's two fives, and of course now his communication is is affected in the fifth chakra. It's well, what's interesting is that the, the brain's elasticity to, to make new connections, create new connections from a malfunction, is a oh, rather then, remarkable um, working part of the brain. Neuropla- you're talking about neuroplasticity, right? Well, elasticity, the brain itself. The brain is wired in such a way it can create new connections to uh, compensate for loss. And that's where the brain, you know, we only use 8% of our brain. So if there's a general storage battery in our brain that we are unaware of that primitive where we get into the reptilian mind now if there's a primitive part of our brain that ignites because the brain is waking up and saying we need extra arms we need help we need help if that reptilian part of the brain opens up we don't know for sure what sort of old primitive connections can be reestablished to the brain that we have formerly lost because of the way the comforts of life, everything is push button, everything, everything does the work for us. In our reptilian brain, we have no instruments. Prior to the wheel being invented and a club in somebody's hand or a rock, we have no instruments to deal with. So the brain, the reptilian brain, when was the last time you saw a lizard write anything? The reptilian, <laughs> but chimpanzees can the reptilian brain is wired in such a way that it has gone to sleep due to the modernization and the industrial revolution and whatnot. So that reptilian brain has gone to sleep. But the brain itself still has access to wake up Godzilla. And if Godzilla in the brain wakes up, it can cause havoc to the surrounding territory, meaning the destruction of the brain itself. So if, if there is a chance 
that if we look at this theory deliberately and we get more into the idea of what the reptilian brain, the back part of the brain, can actually do for us, and we go deep into the DNA of the brain, well, then we have the ability, perhaps, to awaken impulses and semantic connections between the brain's electrical system that we, we have, were formally not aware of. So there's a thought that to study the reptilian brain, to give it some credence, to, to actualize it as something that is part of our brain and not just literature that seems to be outstandingly interesting, conceptually speaking, if we can get into that area and get the brain to activate the hidden resources that have been previously buried in a living being, well, now we've got a different situation going on, and we can recover uh, perhaps something that can kick in that would formerly be unavailable to us because it has become dormant. But the reptilian brain controls, doesn't control our our basic functions of the body. Yeah. But, but a lot of our basic functions we don't use anymore. Well, I'm talking about breathing, breathing, well, uh, not the heart. Rep- the reptilian brain is the, body temperature. is the instinctual energy. Don't forget, the reptilians are cold-blooded. So this was before the age of mammal. And when the age of mammal came in, the brain changed. And, you know, just the idea of walking on all fours as opposed to walking on two feet, two legs, and making the use of the hand and the upright position of the brain, which includes how the spinal cord is perceived from head to foot, is a whole skeletal, uh, structurally speaking, a whole different attitude of the communication of what the spinal cord has to say about existence. So, you know, feeding that mysterious element of spinal fluid that goes directly to the brainstem, that feeds the brain itself, that says this creature is an upright creature. This creature is not a reptile, once was, not a mammal, once was, but a homo sapien. Now we're getting into an idea, can the reptilian brain promote the essence of becoming the brain of a homo sapien? We have that tucked away in our bodies, in our brain. We have, we have, we have the advantage of have being created under both reptilian, mammal, and homo sapien concepts. Whether we like it or not, whether we believe that God made us separate, it doesn't matter. That argument can be an outstanding argument in some other form. But in our world, in our discussion, we're assuming that they're all interconnected. And this does not have anything to do right now with God and the existence of, uh, you know, what the Old Testament said. This has to do with the body apart from religion, the body apart from faith. This is a scientific concept. So it becomes um, rather interesting to, to, to be able start to discuss what is in our brain that we don't know. What is that 92% all about that's hidden in shadow? 
Is it just an empty landscape, or are there valuable minerals, if you will, contained out in, in that shadowy world? Total blackness, if you will. So, you know, I mean, until that day comes and we've conquered the entire uh, terrain of the brain and understand it completely from top to bottom, we're not going to know. We're feeble. Our society, our scientific world is crippled, more or less Bruce Willis, because we don't know exactly all the working parts of the brain. And believe me, there's plenty well, if of we doctors did, who mean, shrug their shoulders saying, right, I don't exactly, know what to do with this. Exactly. If, if, we, if there was knowledge of the, you know, and how, to, how to fix the brain or how the brain works entirely, then he would be in, like many others that are in similar situations with things like dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and other brain conditions right. would be cured. So, so, I mean, Chris and I in our world, okay, so we, we actually use a scientific premise. We are decoding the symbolization of the birth date itself. We're decoding it. Right now, as we speak, scientists are decoding the genetic instructions that open the doors to new medical discoveries. They're, they're trying to, to, to actualize the content of the entire human you know, uh, condition. And we're talking about it, the deep code itself. The DNA is a code. We don't know everything there is about it. But what we do know is that it exists, and we do know that until we can figure it out, we're at a loss of medical discovery that can help us understand how to conquer the extraordinary circumstances of, of ill health or deteriorate the deterioration of the body. You know, and so when we get into that kind of thinking, um, and we know that scientifically speaking, that the DNA plays a very important role in evolution and disease. And that the more that we can unravel, decode the DNA, the, the human known condition, the more we will be able to live a life of, of comfort if there is a condition of pain going on. Now, we talk about code. And we see the DNA code of a birth date. And Chris and I have worked every day on a book of numerology, 10 plus years working on this book. Over, well over a thousand pages of notes. Well, yeah, it's been over a thousand pages for like five years. It, it, well it, so, so we're about 1,500, I would say, at this point. And that's you know, more accurate. I'm in an age where I don't want to put out two or three books on numerology. We're putting it all smack in a, in, a, in a book of some weight and just, that's it. And um, blessed be the publication company that decides to take it on. We don't know that yet. We don't be. But we do know one thing. We know that the content of our book is unraveling the DNA code of a birth date in no way that has ever been done before. And we have proof that our theory is intact by the very situations we have of the very numerous thousands of people's birth dates and what happened in their lives according to the 
uh, rhythmic code that we put into the birthdays. The birthdays is a rhythmic code. It has beats and measures. It has notes. It has a scale. And it has pauses in between, which is important in any form of thought. What is the pause of life? Not to mention the sleep we have is the pause that we typically have in, a, in any given period, up to eight hours or nine hours. Some of you count the tables, you get to 23. Wow. And the, the Sutter Insomniacs have yeah, which, little which to none. Shorter. But, you know, that's what's interesting about uh, numerology. Because you consider, you know, people call up, oh, what's your birthday? Oh, yeah, fine. And May 2nd, 19th. Well, uh-huh. that's a code. You know, it's not a code. It's not like we're a medical office asking, when's your birthday? You know, every time you go pick up a, every time you go pick up a bill at the pharmacy, what's your birth date? Every time you, you call the doctor's office, what's your birth date? You know, what? Who cares what my birth date is? That was the day I was born. What do you want to? That's how we code you. Yeah, what's your birth date? And so we have to consider that birth dates are important. There's no doubt about it. What we're doing is seeking the answer why, not so it's a reference or that it gives you a certain designated age category or helps to identify you because of the commonality of a name. But but now, what, you know, I, I went to the bank. What's your birth date? What's your name? We have several names. What street do you live on? What's your address? Well, that's a number. You know, you have a driver's license? That's a number. You know, the, the idea that we live by numbers can't get around them. Why is that? Aside from the classification of common comprehension and order. So these numbers mean something, and they become a signal of, in our estimation, of time and space and events. Because we don't use a birthday to necessarily identify a person. Oh, you're a three, you're a five. We use it to go deeper into the analysis. Oh, did you break your arm when you were Right, eight? exactly. It's, well, right. Yeah. So we have that. that it's a psychic tool. That, that indication going on. Did you find anything interesting? I, well, I did. Yeah, I was obviously reading. It, it, apparently, I just was reading about Bruce Willis a bit. It's interesting because he, uh, he had a stutter when he was a child. So there was a, a already uh, established issue with language. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that at the end of his life, he's now having this issue again in a different manifestation. But um, what I was reading is that it's been quite some time, several years, that he has been um, on movie sets having to have lines fed to him through an earpiece. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you've probably read all these things. Yeah. I have not. I have not, um, there, but there is something about him firing a gun, yeah. and that's controversy. Yeah, it's, it's, There's controversy yeah. over whether that really Five happened. Soon, yeah. Obviously, we know what happened recently. About, it wasn't a know, gun. It was a, uh, you know, the, uh, the mock gun. Mock gun, right. Yeah, a mock gun on set. 
with a blank. Blank. Yeah. But blank. and but but some but you still can obviously be yeah. injured on set as we know. Yeah. So I mean we have those, you know, and not to mention stuttering doesn't have to be a pathway of obstacles. The president, our current president, was a stutter. Oh, he's still stuck. I mean he's and his so speech is not clear. I could not speak English, the English tongue until I was seven or eight. I developed my own language because I could not manipulate my tongue to speak English or any other language thereof. And so about the age of seven, I started to produce English words. Until then, I, did, I opened up the world, my world, with my own language, which had a, it sounded like mumbling, a pig Latin, but it was distinct in its formation of word association in my mind, even as a child. So I understand, and I had to go to speech pathologists too, who were disruptive and and downright corrupt, if you will. None of the speech pathologists in my world, up to the age of seven or eight, gave me any good. They were more disruptive than not back in those days. But uh, but it baffled them, and brought up theories that there was something wrong with my brain. Probably there was, but it, you know. An abnormality, you know, talk to the elephant man. An abnormality can become doesn't mean that you're not intelligent. Um, but but so we've got this concept of what is a birthday, and the more pertinent question is what is a code, what does it reveal, and how can we individualize it? Right, exactly. Collectively speaking, common. Right, I mean, among people. exactly. So that takes, with Chris and I, a, a certain idea that you can have a personalized birth date, meaning that in the birth date itself, by looking at the code, if you're gifted enough, you can derive from that code things that the ordinary interpreter or seer cannot see. So the question is, does the birth date hold images? Yes, to a psychic. Yes, to a psychic. Not an astronomer or an astrological uh, artist or interpreter. Does the birth date hold images? And the answer is yes, according to this psychic. Well, and the thing that's and we're interesting. Not about astrology. The thing that's well, no. The thing that's interesting about about birth dates and looking at, for, like, for example, uh, people that are in the public, public eye, celebrities, scientists, artists, whatever, people with uh, recorded history that can be looked at and, and, and juxtaposed to the birth date. It, it's a good way to start, I mean, for those of you who want to learn about numerology and start to apply the themes of numerology or learn about the themes of learn, numerology as they apply to a person's life is to look at the birth date of a famous individual and then start to look at the events that happen in their life and then compare those events to the numbers in the birth date system yeah. um, and in regards to the themes. Yeah, there's plenty. You, there's plenty of available data and information in regard that's to already the there. Regards to sort of play a, regard a, to the a, a common person's uh, numerological research game, 
and start to see things. Now the skeptic may say, well, it's coincidence. Well, something happens every year. I mean, yeah, well, doesn't everybody, everybody coughs. Everybody has an itch on uh, what looks like a freckle on their neck. But what we're talking about specialized in, in numerology. We're getting into the idea of, of astral numerology. What is beyond? I mean, Einstein's theory was never promoted by a physical reality. It was promoted by abstraction, by a concept that was indivisible. It was, it was not a readily concrete. The, con- the actualization of it was by concept. We understood the bending of time and space and the circularity of time. So the idea that uh, we have that um, actualized energy within us to understand that the codes available in our life, and even with Chris and I, uh, even with myself, I have yet to discover, uh, after a lifetime of research into numerology over 50 years, where, what the shadows are. I don't. I know there's more there. I I know that the numbers reveal more than what my general knowledge is all about. And yet, you know, fortunately, we have subjects. We have the population at large. Where we can open up the idea of how our theory works, because we're not working on a doctorate or a PhD in this book. We're only working on the immediacy of validation that is available to us by having speaking, 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 spoken to people, right? uh, But it becomes a very fascinating um, journey, and. And I I think one that's very important, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Even with our love of animals and all living things, which sometimes dominates over the human being itself, we deal with humans. Sometimes a dog or a cat or a lizard, but we deal with humans, basically. Yeah. And that's our subject matter. And um, that's why we... Yeah, well, that's why we're dealing with so many humans today. That's why we're dealing with... (laughs) Humans that be not there. Right? <laughs> you know, where's Krasinski woman and you know, being there? Uh, Jersey Krasinski was, you know, not, now there, now there was a great uh, Being there and um, the painted bird. We're talking Polish, about. Polish, a Jewish writer. Who incidentally was indirectly involved in the Sharon uh, Tate writers. But that's how he was famous for. He was famous for many books he did, steps, things like that. Um, and he's he's actually part of both of our lineage, which would make us actually distant relatives. Yeah. <laughs> now, now he was brilliant, but I believe he committed suicide in the bathtub. If I'm not wrong. That sounds lovely. Just like Richard Bardekin, another great. He's a great American. A lot, of, a lot of writer. Well, I mean, a lot uh, of artists kill himself, commit suicide. Um, um, it's a shame. David Foster Wallace. Right. Uh, Infinite Jest, a brilliant writer in, in no, he, capacity he, of writing, killed himself. No, Jerry himself. Kaczynski is, wait, hold on just a moment. Jersey Kaczynski. I mean, 
I meant Jersey Kaczynski. It just came out of my mouth wrong. See, I'm having problems with speech. It's Jersey with a Z, but um, I'm trying to see why he died. Uh, I might not not have been suicide, but I I think it was. Yeah, he did. Suicide? Yeah. Yeah. I think in a bathtub. Yeah. Am I right? You're right. So my memory serves me. Thank God I'm not seeing I um, Not so, completely. Uh, it, wow. Yeah. Great writer. Who knows? Great oh, writer crazy. what these demons are you know, that prompt us to end our lives. Um, Richard Brodigan was another one uh, in America. He was sort but of he a He survived the Holocaust mark. and then killed yeah. himself. Yeah, survived crazy. the Holocaust. And, you know, the demons that he deals with. But a great writer. A great writer. And Richard Bodigan, uh, we're, we keep mentioning, another great writer who committed suicide. Uh, trout fishing in America and all kinds of things. And interesting about him because... So, he was actually born Joseph Lewenkopf, by the way. Yeah different name but he had a heart con- serious heart condition so he was distressed apparently over his his um his it's ill health condition. but he was born on the 14th so there's the four yeah six seven eleven six fourteen so there's an eleven yeah he's an eleven twenty seven nine um, but you know we've we've given 11s a bad rap Elevens aren't always bad. There's good things around the interior of the eleven that is wonderful and all that. But but elevens are—they make me nervous. Like a landmine, and you know, oh, don't walk in that field. There's, there's landmines. There's landmines in that field. You might step between them, but watch out. That's an eleven. Elevens have a landmine. And it's scattered throughout the space of one's life. So, you know, we get into the idea then is, well, um, is there a God? And if we say, no, there's a universe. Well, who created the universe? Or the Big Bang? Well, who created the Big, the Big Bang? Bang? No, who created all of this? And we get down to, we get down to the conveniency, if you will, of the singularity. God. God. Well, who is God? What is God? Is he up in the clouds? He knows every hair in our head. He knows everything that's going on. And if there's a God, why is there such destruction? There must be a God. Or it is God's will. Let us pray. You know, where does, how do we unravel the uh, concept of God? So that we make some sense. We, we produce God not only by religious order and content, but we produce God through the idea of hope and faith, that there's something that created us. We don't want to think that two molecules got together and that that's our father. I mean, how do we, how do we deal with that? Let's pray to, the, let's pray to uh, spontaneous combustion. Let's what? pray to the Big Bang. I mean, it will sound foolish, but so we have to conceptualize. We have to personalize. Well, aside from the fact that, right, right, that our existence is is not for naught in AUGHG. 
yeah. you know, I mean, that we're on the planet to do whatever it is that we're supposed to do in terms of our karma. Um, I mean, most people aren't thinking in terms of karma, but even those that are religious, obviously, you know, there's the idea of after an afterlife, the fact that the planet is, is, is not a place of, um, uh, I mean, it's not uh, heaven, obviously, and that there's suffering and that there's, there's existence beyond the suffering that we endure here on the planet. Right. So. I mean, that, what is this design? I mean, why not? Why aren't we just cows grazing? What was the purpose of our brain evolving to such an extent that we have created the world as it is and we're just not munching on leaves? I mean, the, the well, hunter, that's how it started, munching, hunter, munching on leaves <laughs> and fruits. Yeah. But, but, you know, the brain has evolved in such a way that the path that, that humankind has taken to create. Now, what does it mean behind that? What is all that coming to? Why was the world frozen in a conceptualized attitude of nature? What brought that out of that? And so now we're getting into the idea of human intelligence more or less artificial intelligence, which now we're afraid that if you feed the uh, computers a certain code, that that code can turn into attitudes of destruction via the splitting of the atom. You know, Einstein's intention was not to destroy life, but to promote life. But from that construction became the atom bomb, the nuclear bomb. And now as we feed artificial intelligence into the computers, we get the idea that the feedback now shows lethal methods of killing one another. Well, on that bright note, let's take a call. (laughs) We have a call. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Um... My name's Anita. Oh yeah, I was wondering I if you spoke Anita. We've spoken with you before. We've spoken. You have. I don't think you've called this before. Uh, yeah, the it's, it's always surprising to me. You're you're an artist, right? You paint. paint. Uh, no, I'm a psychologist. Yeah, but you are you are on the side. I remember speaking about that with you. No, you're a psychologist, but no, oh, art is not a bad. Yes. Yeah, we've spoken with you before. Yes, 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 yes. I did call the show. I was like, oh, no, I didn't call the show. <laughs> I did. That's right. Okay, so what's your birthday? It's always surprising to me that we um, have um, <laughs> What's your birthday? It's 4-11. You're you're going in and out. I need to get right to the mic. Let me pull up. Yeah, uh, yeah, the line is very poor. I can barely hear. Yeah, we're. I don't know why, because our connection is good. So give us your birthday. You're in New York. Four eleven. New York. Yeah. We need a full birth date, please. Oh, four eleven seventy one. Hmm. Seventy one. Okay. What's your question? Um, I just wanted, I 
you know, I wanted to travel this summer, and I'm debating whether or not to go to Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. And uh, I was wondering if you picked up anything about me going and if it would be a good trip. So, wait, she's a 24-6, which is her month and day, interestingly. 2-4, your karmic number is in your month and day. Okay, so you want to go on a trip? I don't know, Neil, what do you think? And what did you say, Wales? So Nova Scotia, where specifically? Prince Edward Island. So this is what's weird to me. Prince Edward Island. I have a birthday to 41161. So... Um, in previous notes, I knew that 71 didn't sound right. So which is it? Is it 61 or is it 71? It's 71. Because we work mm-hmm. with numbers and, you know, accurate birthday is important. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. No. No, 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 no comment yet. No, I have no comment. <laughs> uh, Anita, when we look at the uh, code of birthdays, we're talking, we've spent uh, the majority of the show talking about the birthday code and the, uh, the evolving nature of the brain and, you know, how we, how we figure out things as psychics. When you see the idea of you traveling, number one, you're a psychologist, so we're, keep in mind the fact that your master number is six, which is the third eye, which is the brain itself, where psychologists have to are dependent on the analyzation of the brain. Well, question, what is part of, your part of psychology? What are, were you a clinical psychologist or cognitive? What are you? Yeah, I'm a clinical psychologist and a school psychologist. Well, okay. That's what I remember. So, you know, when we talk about traveling, first of all, Anita, we have to talk about, we have to bring in words since you're talking to a psychic show. Uh, what is the karma you have over there, you know? You have a certain karma over there. What is taking? What is leading you there beyond the immediacy of just interest or the pursuit of happiness? What is taking you over there? Because I'll tell you one thing: you have a past life there. You have a past life. Okay. Your soul has been in that area, in another body, in a past life. You may not believe that, but that's the content of this discussion. You've been there before, and you're returning. Okay. Now, the surface meaning may have other attitudes about it. I want to go. You know, I know somebody. It's pretty over there. Whatever your immediate questions are, that's not the question. You own that. Keep that. The question is, as you're calling, is it, can I go? What, is there anything in there? Because you see, there's a concern in your soul. Otherwise, you wouldn't call us. So there's something deep inside you. No, I'm just concerned about, you know, what's going on in the world, safety, basically, about traveling and safety, you know, between the war and, and, and all the viruses. That's, that was my main concern. Not, yeah. On that account, you have no problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if your question is the conditions of the world, will me traveling over to, uh, to uh, Nova Scotia, am I going to be in danger because of the conditions of the world, including will my plane crash or a bomb or something where you get sick. get sick on the plane right now they're protecting uh-huh. uh, the air conditioning of planes right now they're passing bills to protect people against anything that was it within the plane but your answer is it's okay even though you have some karma you had probably had a harsh I wouldn't say that your childhood was lender and the glass I don't I think <laughs> the glass 
Speaking of which, is there any alcoholism in your family? Uh, (laughs) Splendor in the glass. No. You had a difficult childhood. Making a joke. Uh, Did you have a difficult childhood? Anything difficult in there? I'm sorry, did I have, I I couldn't, uh, my line, I can barely hear. Did you have a difficult upbringing? No, I had a good upbringing. You did. Uh, Any divorces? No. Well, there would be something, any accidents, anything, uh, Anita? No? Everything's no? Car accident. I mean, nothing serious, though. Was the car demolished? Uh, No, not demolished, just um, banged up a little bit, but not nothing serious. I wasn't in the car. Well, you know, I mean, okay, real quick question, if you mind. I don't want to annoy you, but what happened at 24? What was your immediate joining of life differences at the age of 24? Oh, I was going to grad school, graduate school. Okay, so you're, see, you, you have, a, a, you have a, a gifted intellect. You have a gifted intellect, or your patients, if you will, do you deal one-on-one with patients, or is it a generalized population? Um, well, I do specialize in adolescence, and because I worked in the school system for many years, but I do work with a general population also. And are those individuals troubled people oftentimes? Usually adolescents with anxiety, depression, things like that. Okay. That's all we need to know. That's the involvement of your mm-hmm. no, that's the involvement of your eleven um, that you came into this world to help disorganize behavior and and traumatic experience what what a troubling experience. Because your four one one is a six, which is your master. Your number, right. And the eleven suggests problems in relationship, but you're saying in your history, in terms of your family history, there's nothing that would that 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 you have experienced regarding problems in your family unit, right? So you're helping. No, nothing besides the ordinary. Yes, pretty. I'm pretty sorry. Pretty no. good family. Out of the ordinary. It was a, a good family okay. upbringing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, the 11 just comes in with your immediate impact. You were at grad school at 24, which shows the intellectual pursuit prior to your karma. Your numbers are are systemically systematically convenient because it's divisible. 24 and 6. How old are you right now? You're 17.71. You're 50 years old? 51. 51 soon. 51. So 24. Yeah, 48, 48 to 950, 51. So you're 27 years past your karmic accumulation of 24. 51 is a 6. And no, it's going to be a good trip. Why are you going? Why am I going? Yeah, why are you going there? Oh, because I love to travel. I visit in different locations. Never been there. Go, 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 go. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, do you do you do you research when you travel? Do you explore the terrain? <laughs> Did you yeah, just go I, I I I grew up. I grew up in Europe. I love to go to Europe every year, but because of everything that's going on, I want to stay within the United States, the United States and Canada area this year. Yeah, understandable right now with what's going on in Europe. But yeah, yeah. I would say, Anita, the only thing is you will follow in the footsteps of a former life there. Something extraordinarily entertaining may happen to you. A deja vu, something out of the ordinary, 
the, the excitement level of your journey may surpass what you expect. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's great. I know you forget about us, but call us back and let us know. Yeah. It goes. When do you leave? I will. That sounds exciting. Yeah. When that sounds very exciting. Thank you. When do you leave and come yeah, back? Yeah. She's gone. No, she's still here. When, when, but we have like 30 I'm seconds. Still here. When, when yeah, do you leave and come back? Bad on my side. I, can, I can barely hear. Hello? When do you leave and return? When is your, have you scheduled a trip yet? I haven't. No, I haven't scheduled it yet. Yeah. I'm debating between two tour groups. Like I, I like to do the tours in strange areas, so um, you know oh. it's kind of nice. They, yeah. So I'm That's debating it. between one of two two companies. That's yeah. It. I'm just feeling like what I, I I mean water. You're going to be by the air. Yeah, yeah, it's surrounded by water. Yeah, so there's going to be mm-hmm. something yeah. with the ocean. And, and your experience with the ocean, that's significant, I think, because that's what I'm feeling. Anyway, we're out of time, but we hope you have a great trip. Okay, great. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Fresh out of time. Wednesday, we're back on the air, and hope to hear from you then. Bye-bye.